Welcome to this week's podcast from Bethesda Church of God in Sumter, South Carolina. We hope you enjoy this inspiring message. For more information, check out our website at BethesdaCOG.org. Lord laid this message on my heart about the altar. And and I'll I'll just be honest with you, it has... uh, I hope that I'm able to get you to focus today on the power of the altar. If you would turn with me in your Bible to Romans chapter 12 and verse 1. Romans chapter 12, verse 1. I'd like to say it's so good to see the Coakleys with us here today. We love you and it's so good. I look back there and it just, it felt good. It felt right. It felt, amen. It felt good. I'm so glad to see you. The Apostle Paul was writing, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. I want you to look at two things, ye and your. The Apostle Paul was saying, you present your body. Someone don't drag you down to the altar. Someone doesn't hold a gun to your head and make you pray. You present yourself a living sacrifice to God. I read one article this week that said, The problem is that we present ourselves on the altar and then walk away from it. And I think it's very important for us to present ourselves as a living sacrifice and let God do all that he wants to do with us. Amen. Amen. Father, let the anointing sweep through not only this house, but online, any way that people are watching, we ask in Jesus' lovely and precious holy name. Amen. You may be seated. God bless you. When the judgment seat of Christ is set, it's talked about in the book of Revelation chapter 5. It doesn't talk about the world's best singers. It's not like you're going to be judged because, wow, you're a great singer. It doesn't talk about great preachers. Ooh, boy, you're going to be blessed because you're a preacher. No. But listen to what it says in Revelation 5 and 8. And when he had taken the book, talking about Jesus, the four least and the four and twenty elders fell down before the Lamb, having every one of them harps and golden vials full of odors or incense, which are the prayers of saints. There's something to be said about the altar. When we were building this church, we had plenty of room here at the steps for this to be an altar, but I really wanted altar benches. I wanted to be able to say that we had a place. There's something about an altar. I have polled people throughout this week and I have asked them, do you have a special place in your home special place at church, maybe a special place on your job 
that when you really need to get in touch with God, that's your go-to place. In my home, there's a place that if I am calling on someone, calling on God for, for someone, it's that place that I go to. I pondered that this week. Why do I go to that room? Why to, do I go to that piece of furniture in that area? What is it about that? I thought back about when I was a child and our church, the stage wrapped around, but there was, you could pray on the left side and the right side and the front. And I would, mine would be down in the floor on the corner of the stage down on the floor. And for whatever reason, that's where, if I needed to get in touch with God, that's where I went. Now, I want to give you good news that you, you will have places that are extra special to you. The altar bench here, you might not always be able to get to it, but God will meet you and make it an altar wherever that you call on him. Noah built the first altar in Genesis chapter 8. He came out of the ark and he could have been taking care of all kinds of business. Could have been building a house and getting uh, fences built for the livestock. But the first thing he did was build an altar. And so God met him at that altar. Jacob had a place that it was his place of remembrance of God in Genesis chapter 35. And so there at that altar, and when Jacob got in trouble, uh, he went back to that altar. The Bible tells us that Elijah had the people repair the altar, and then he prayed a simple prayer, and fire came down at that altar. How many of, of you have ever felt the fire of God at the altar. Amen. Now, the word, uh, they, they just sang this beautiful song about mercy. The word salvation is mentioned 156 times in the Bible. The word mercy is mentioned 269 times. The word grace is 137 times, which totals 562. The word altar is mentioned 322 times. The word sacrifice is mentioned 302 times, a total of 624. As you can see, altar and sacrifice are very important so that mercy and grace and salvation can happen. So I'm asking the question, where is the altar? There are some churches that have very ornate altars. Some of them uh, are just uh, breathtaking, beautiful. It's called the altar of the church. Although most people are not allowed to approach it, they can just look at it. I'm glad to be able to get to a place where I can kneel down and have a talk with the Lord. Amen. I don't want to just have to look at it. I want to experience it. You know, I could take you probably to the exact spot where I knelt down and 
ask Jesus Christ to forgive me of my sins. I remember it was the corner front pew of the church that I attended. It was there that I buried my face in the corner. It was there that tears rolled down my face and a puddle of tears was left on that old wooden bench. But I will tell you, it was there. It was an altar between Al Sims and God and God met me there. It's not just a religious relic. It's a place of covenant. It's a place that is sacred and it's a place that we ought to always reverence. The altar is a place where God and man meet. I don't know if that means anything to you, but I want you to just think that you can come to this altar or whatever altar that you find at your home or business or wherever. But when you approach God, Almighty God will listen to you at that altar. You, you can pray, pour your heart out, tell him what you want. You can tell him your deepest, darkest secrets, and he hears you. But something else about it, he's able to do something about it. You know, I've had people throughout the years, they would confess things to me. They would tell me some of their sins, some of the things that they had done. And I could listen. I could sometimes sympathize, sometimes emphasize. But the bottom line is I had to take all of that to the Lord because I'm not able to correct the problem. Jesus is able to correct the problem. What is man? That thou art mindful of you is what the psalmist asked. He was wondering how in the world, or, or why would you even listen to me? But he allows us to approach him at the altar. Amazing things happen at the altar. Think about it. The high priest of our faith is there. Jesus is meeting with you at the altar. Transformations take place at the altar. If tonight or today I pass this microphone around and I said, tell your story, some of us would be ashamed to tell our story. We wouldn't want people to know how bad we once were. But guess what? We all came into this world as sinners, but when we went to the altar of prayer, there was a transformation that took place. I once was lost, but now I'm found was blind but now I see because there was a transformation I've never understood it yet how he looked on my blackened heart of sin and put his red blood and washed me white as snow there is a transformation that happens at the altar eternal destinations are changed at the altar when I went to the altar I went to the altar on my way to hell And he applied the blood of his son on my life. And I changed directions from hell to, to eternal glory in heaven. An eternal destination was changed. I want to encourage you today, right now. Listen to me. If you're on a path to hell today the altar is open and you can get a destination change and you do not have to spend eternity in hell Amen. 
encounters happen between mere humans and Almighty God. He listens, he responds, and he interacts. Now, I want you to think about something. Have you ever had a time that you wanted someone to respond to you? Isn't it amazing that we have a God that interacts and responds with us? The Bible calls Christ our high priest. At our high priest, he was the sacrifice. He was the go-between for you and I, and we are able to approach him. The Hebrew word for altar means to slay. And at the altar, it is recognized by blood, by pain, and by covenant in the Old Testament. Blood was shed. There was pain at the altar. There was a covenant that was made at the altar. And I want to say today, the altar is not a glamorous place. Now you might say, wow, I, I thought that you would say the altar is, it is a special place. But if we could see what God sees, the altar is a dirty place. The altar is a place where filth, where sin, where hidden things are brought to the altar. We don't see it with our natural eye, but if we could see what God sees, there would be all types of filth around the altar because God takes it from you and he removes it from you and you no longer are carrying it home with you. Listen to me, it might be a dirty place. It might be a place where hidden sins are there. It might be a place where you bring your broken life, your broken marriage, your wayward children, your unsaved loved ones. It, it might be a place where you bring your impossible to God, your sickness, your anxieties, your cares. But he's able to take what you bring, get it out of you, take it out of you, and put you back on the right path. In 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 6 and 7, listen to what it says. Humble yourselves therefore under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time. Casting all your care upon him for he careth for you. When you come to the altar, it should be a time of unloading. Here it is. I'm, I, in fact, I, I'm, I'm taking my hidden stuff, the things that I don't want anyone else to know. And here's the beautiful thing. God can take your sins, and he's a good secret keeper. Amen. Amen. When, when you tell him, he's not interested in telling anyone else. And when the devil comes accusing you, you just remind him you've already cast your cares at the feet of Jesus and he's got you covered. Amen. The altar is a place where you pour yourself out before God. The Bible tells us about a woman named Hannah that was wanting a child and, and she was standing near and the priest saw her and she was moving her lips but no sound was coming out and he thought she was standing there as a drunk woman 
And he rebuked her. How dare you come before the altar of God drunk? And she, she said, I'm not drunk. I am pouring myself out before God. I, I'm pouring myself out to him because I want him to give me a child. And as she was pouring herself out before God, I'm sure tears ran down her face. Have you ever found yourself at an altar and tears of, 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 of prayers just coming down? I want to tell you, years ago, I was, uh, I, I was in church and I had some friends there and, and, and so I, I, I couldn't cry. Some of my biggest blessings come when tears run down my face. But, you know, I was a man. And men aren't supposed to cry. And so I was there, and the Holy Spirit was touching me, and I was like, no, 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 I'm not crying. My, my friends will look at me. My friends will see me up there blubbering. And I, I want to tell you, God dried my tears up. I mean, literally, I couldn't cry. I couldn't. I, I had no emotion like, like that. We'd go back, I went back to church and the songs would be beautiful, but no touch like that. Prayers would be made, but no touch like that. And I went back to the altar and I said, God, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry for quenching your Holy Spirit. I'm so sorry for being ashamed of what you do in my life. If you'll just touch me, I don't care who watches. I don't care who sees. When you get to the altar, it's a place to pour yourself out. When you pour yourself out and humble yourself in the altar, you will find that God will honor you and bless you. He said in Jeremiah 33 and 3, I was told that was God's phone number. Jeremiah 33 and 3, call unto me and I will answer thee and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. God wants you to call. Now, some people go to the altar and if you want to do that, that's up to you, but I want to tell you a better way. Some people go to the altar and just stand. Bless me if you can, God. They don't even say that. They just stand. I don't know why churches and pastors will tell people that they have to be quiet in church. Come on now. Y'all help me out. That's the point where you can say amen. There's some people, they can't pray outward because they've been trained by somebody that you're not supposed to say amen, hallelujah, glory to God, or any of that in church. And then it also bleeds over that you're not supposed to say anything outward in prayer. But I just want to tell you, that's not even biblical, and I, that's not part of my sermon, but I just want you to know there's something important for you to verbalize. God gave human beings the ability to talk. God gave human beings the ability to communicate, and he wants to hear from you. Do you know how frustrating it is for your wife to be upset with you, and you go and say, honey, what's wrong? And she goes. Do you know how frustrating it is when your husband is over there with his lips stuck out and you're saying, what's wrong with you? And he, he goes. You know how frustrating it is when your little child is pouting and, and you try to pull them in and say, honey, what's wrong? And, and they say nothing to you. I wonder how God feels when we come to the altar and just. Amen. 
Come on, it's time that we use the altar. It is a powerhouse. It is a place where God meets with man and man meets with God. There was a story of two people that prayed in the altar together. One would go down and the other one would always pray next to him. Anyway, the one would pray it like this. He said, oh God, I want you to remove all the cobwebs out of my life. And so every time he prayed, the guy next to him would hear him pray that prayer. Oh God, remove all the cobwebs out of my life. All the cobwebs that have accumulated this week, Lord, in my life, get them out. The next week it'd be the same prayer. The next week it'd be the same prayer. Finally, his friend one day put his hand over on him and said, Oh God, I, don't, I want you to get the cobwebs out of his life, but I want you to kill the spider. Today, I want there to be a bunch of dead spiders in this church. I don't want the cobwebs just cleared out. I want God to sweep through this place and spiders that have created havoc in your life, I want them cleared out in Jesus' name. The altar is a place of foolishness, really. God chose foolish things to astound the wise. It doesn't make sense. Think about it. You go and kneel down at a bench and you blubber, you cry, tears. Come on, let's get real. Sometimes snot. Y'all know what I'm talking about. You know, they're trying to get yourself together. And then when you get up, you feel better. It doesn't make sense to me. It does. A lot of things God does doesn't make sense. God didn't have to do it that way, but he allowed us to have an interaction with him. I've been at the altar, literally, where I was afraid to move a pinky. I felt the presence of God come down so strong. There's other times that I was there searching, oh God, where are you? God, hear me. But I want to tell you, God wasn't somewhere far off. When you go to the altar, he is going to show up. He wants to interact with you. Someone please say amen. It's a place of humility. The biggest problems that there is of getting your need met is pride. When, when I was, I, I would have got, I got saved young, but I would have got saved even at an earlier age. But my family, my mom and dad and sisters, we sat on the second row of the church. It's pretty close to go from the second row to the altar. I remember many times feeling like you need to go to the altar. I would be gripping the back of the church pew. I really need to go. I really need to go. And, and the devil would say, if you walk down to that altar, what is so-and-so going to think? Ooh, someone's going to think you're a nasty old sinner. I was a nasty old sinner. And, and, but finally, finally, I broke through. Finally, I humbled myself. And I, I didn't care who thought what. I went to the altar. I knelt down and did. 
my prayer before God. And God miraculously met me there. Hear what I'm saying today. Let your pride go. Get to the altar and get it handled. Now let me share a few things just before we pray. Miracles happen at an altar. Marriages can be restored at an altar. Oh, Lord, help me. This wasn't in my sermon on, at 9, so someone must need to hear it at 11. Couples come before the altar of God to get married. But part of what brings problem in their life is they don't visit the altar after the marriage. It is time for us to renew ourselves. If you do not have an altar in your home, it, it doesn't have to be a wood bench. It can be a sofa. It could be a table. It, it can be just a corner of some room. But wherever it is, it needs to be that you have a special place with God. When I was working in secular work, there, there was a closet I went to. I, I, when I needed to get in touch with God, it was a cleaning closet. It stunk. It, it, it had mops and dusty things in there. But it was a place where I could get alone and have a quick talk with God. We must have altars so that God meets with us and lives are changed. Would you stand with me? The altar is a place of humility. It's where you come and quit pretending. I said it's where you come and quit pretending. It's where you come and say, dear God, I'm bringing pornography. I'm bringing my alcohol. I'm bringing my substance abuse. I'm bringing my bitterness. I, I, I'm bringing my unforgiveness that I have toward someone. I'm bringing my lustful affairs. I'm bringing my sickness and my infirmities. I'm bringing my lost loved ones to the altar. I'm bringing my career to you. I'm bringing it all. That's what I'm doing. So that's where we are. Right now. This altar is open and I want to tell you, if you are not a Christian, God wants to change your destination today. If you've got things going on in your life, you don't have to come tell me. But what you can do is come tell him. I feel so strong in this altar call right now. I believe God is ready to deliver and help and heal. I believe God is here to restore. So I'm asking you to come. With whatever need that you have, I want you to come.
Come on. Make your way up here. In Jesus' name, now's the time. I'm going to ask all my baptism candidates if you'd go ahead to the baptism pool. Come on to this altar. God's still calling people. Come on. This altar isn't near full enough. I don't have an exact number. I'm just saying. I believe God's ready to heal and deliver, set free. I believe God. Look here. If you're carrying an addiction, I believe God wants to deliver you from that right now. Right now. I'm bringing it. Whatever it is, I'm bringing it. I'm bringing it. Oh, blessed God. Right now, in Jesus' name. Come on. Come on right now, Heavenly Father, in your name. The Holy Spirit's still pulling. The Holy Spirit's still drawing. Come on. Cast all your cares upon him. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We hope that you were inspired to live a life of purpose for Jesus Christ. For more information, check out our website at BethesdaCOG.org. God bless.